0: This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Hello, everyone. My name is Camille Grant, one of the co-founders of Purely Bachelorette. What we offer is a clean and fun bachelorette party box that is incorporated in bachelorette parties and bridal showers. Not only do we sell products for parties, we are also a community that strives to build each other up with relationship goals, sisterhood, and maturing in life with godly wisdom and advice. Come join us on our website, purelybachelorette.com, and our social media pages under Purely Bachelorette. God bless you and have a great day. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast cause we still alive. No big, I feel like pop. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in.
1: Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. Man, I'm so blessed to be joined today by Shakala Hill. Y'all know her, the quadruple double queen, man. One time, this one time, it's not that far long ago, right? February 2nd, 2019 versus Arkansas Pine Bluff. She goes for 21 points, 16 rebounds, 13 assists, and 10 steals. And I bet if you're listening to this, you can't say you did that on your best day. in the gym with your homeboys you've never had a stat line like this ever in your life and she has had this um on the um on the college and the professional level she's done days like this man and so we're blessed to bring her back on the podcast because there's some stuff happening in the basketball world and you know she's the most knowledgeable basketball person I know so I need to bring her on to talk about some of these basketball issues man so Shakila how you doing today man? I'm good. And how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Um, Thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's always a blessing to have you back. You know, Graham fam. You know what it is.
0: Yeah, facts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, I saw. So that was just sweet. having, It was like maybe two Fridays ago. Um, uh, where um Thawmaker's little brother, I think, it's Makir Maker. He became the highest um rated basketball. Well, he was the highest ba- rated basketball player. Um, but he committed. He's the highest rated basketball player to ever um commit to a historically black college, choosing Howard University over Kentucky, UCLA, and Memphis. Um, but when I saw the post, I then saw your post on on Twitter, and I saw that you took a little issue with, with what happened, the school choice. I don't think you took an issue with it being the HBCU, but I think it was for maybe basketball reasons. So I was like, yo, what's going on right now? I got to talk to her. I got to see what, what right, she was right, thinking right. When, um, when she posted. So Talk to me. What did you feel about him making that choice to go to HBCU, but specifically Howard University?
0: Um, I'm all for, you know, the next generation choosing HBCUs. I'm all for them, you know, going to black colleges where they are, you know, appreciated and, you know, recognized. So um, my problem with (laughs) Howard University is I think last year they might have been four and 24, Um in the basketball season. So a man actually tweeted me and tried to correct me, you know, saying that, you know, the coach is doing good and he's trying to improve. But my thing is, um, being that this is the highest rated child to ever go to an HBCU, we as an HBCU world, you know, want to make a good impression. So students keep and continue coming, you know, continue choosing us. So him going to a school that, I mean, Howard is known for things outside of athletics but you going to a school that has no you know rich athletic history does not have a great athletic program does not have a great gym you know does not have um well they do have endowments but doesn't have anything really centered around athletics to me didn't really make sense um I felt, you know, he should go to a HBCU that's known for sports, that's known for, you know, producing great athletes. You get what I'm saying? Where alumni give back. (laughs) And no offense, it's mostly to the athletic department. You know, that's the type of, you know, environment that brings in the school's most money. So, yeah, it was really confusing to me that he chose Howard, knowing that they have, you know, their history. They have a lot of celebrities that went there. So they do receive a lot of money as far as the school as a whole. But as far as, you know, athletics, I did not understand that decision at all. I definitely thought he should have chose a school that was more so focused on, you know, athletics and the athletic department.
1: So a guy. okay, so Josh Christopher, he's the number five um, player in the nation. He also took a trip to Howard with Maker. Um, What's going on at Howard basketball wise anyway? And how are they able (laughs) to attract these top flight recruits? Um, Do you think like, like, okay? Like what what's happening? I, mean, I need to understand that first.
0: Um, okay, so <laughs> I um, well, like I said, a man tweeted me and like you know tried to you know like say that their coach, he was doing better, He's on the recruiting trail, he's trying to improve from the year before, but I me personally, I feel like Howard University's celebrity, you know, um mm. um alumni, alumni, whatever is so rich that they're getting students there from that. Like, you know, on the outside looking in, Howard would be like a a Harvard HBCU. You know, Howard... Spelman, Morehouse, schools like that are considered, like, you know, the Ivy League HBCUs. So, when you're looking, like, the outside looking in, you're thinking, okay, this is the right choice because um, I don't know who went there. Uh, I think K. Michelle went there. Ludacris, I might have made that up, but I know a lot of celebrities went there or whatever. And so, you know, from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, well, all these people went here, so this might need to be my choice. You know, they get a lot of money. Every time somebody donates to a school, it's either to Spelman, Morehouse, or Howard or Hampton. So, you know, they're probably seeing that and going from that instead of, you know, looking like, oh, this isn't a basketball
1: school at all. So, in in your opinion, where would be, like, some of those top flight HBCUs um, that could develop young stars?
0: And I also think maybe – I think him going there will also change the program for sure. He's going to make an Mm. impact. They're going to win definitely more games. They might mess around and win the conference. You know, I don't think he won't have an impact. But I think, you know, schools coming in. Most kids don't go to Kentucky because they're like, um, "I'm gonna go to Kentucky and I'm gonna change the program." Mm. They go to Kentucky because of what Kentucky has already installed, what they know they're gonna get from going to Kentucky. So I personally don't think it should be on an 18 year old kid. I mean, 18 year old kid to change the whole, you know, dynamic of a school. Um, but I think, you know, Grambling, of course. Um, we have probably one of the richest histories in athletics, period. Um, our men's basketball team is definitely on the up. But my personal choice, if I was, um, you know, sending my kid, I was sending them to the Grambling first. Uh, but <laughs> Texas Southern, um, they definitely, definitely, as far as men's basketball, I think they actually get a stipend, one of the only HBCUs to get a stipend. Um they win they play against the big schools the number one teams the number two teams they play tough schedules like you know every year they probably play one of the toughest schedules you know they're playing baylor they're playing texas tech and you know they're winning games like that they beat oregon i think they did beat texas tech and baylor um my senior year you know so um They're definitely playing the hard schedules. They're definitely getting their players out there. And I think the last person I remember, um, Zach Lofton, he graduated a year before me. He's actually on the NBA G League right now, you know, coming from, um an hbcu i think after he transferred to um, new mexico state but he played at texas southern and so um i definitely think it's possible you got people like ivy smith who went to grambling you know people that made their marks ramon brown Irv mitchell they all came from grambling and they went overseas and you know played so you know this is coming from an hbcu so i definitely think it's possible if you go to a school that you know our school also harps on at af- I mean, academics, I'm not saying we're just the athlete school, but athletics is a focal point, you know, for Grambling in Texas Southern. Well, not Texas Southern football, cause they're not that good, but basketball is definitely one of their, you know, focal points. Actually, they have their own network, which is also another reason why I thought they have their, they play their games, their home games on like at something. Um, but it's on TV every time they have a home game, it's on TV. Mm. So.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, do you believe that the current racial climate in America played a role in his decision?
0: Um definitely well, um there's actually another kid I can't think of his name right now um, that's also talking about it um but he's a young child, Mikey, he's fifteen yeah. um, and he's talking about you know um all these kids and They need to change the, you know, we're the ones that have the effect on the world. We're the ones that can change the culture. So I definitely think the racial tensions in the world and all the things that are going on as far as schools not commenting, coaches not, you know, stepping up and speaking, you know, I definitely think that has an effect. And me as a black woman, I, like I said, I always want to go where I'm appreciated, where I'll never have to worry about, you know, racial remarks or, you know, racist things like, um, like I'm from Arkansas. So I know, you know, the things like, you know, the students, the kids, you know, you do grow up, but, you know, things that they take as jokes are our real lives. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I definitely think the climate of the world has an effect on, you know, what these this new generation of kids are doing.
1: So, according to um, the Conversation Journal, Zion Williamson, prior to going to the NBA, was worth an estimated $5 million per year to Duke. How much, in your opinion, does a guy like Maker financially impact a school like Howard?
0: Um, I probably would think he would be worth more. Now, Duke is a big school, um, but Howard has never had anybody like that, you know, attend the school. Howard is in... I don't know where Howard. Is it in
1: Virginia or is it in D.C.? Howard, I think it's in, I think Howard's in D.C.
0: Okay, so you have a great, um, I think they call that Chocolate City. You have a great population of black people. It's in the DMV area. I think people will, if he continuously shows up like Zion did, he will have people coming from all over the DMV, you know, to come watch him, you know, play. Um, I think he probably not, uh, won't be worth, you know, 5 million as in Duke is worth more than that, but he'll be worth more to the school than Zion was to Duke because Duke will have another, you know, number one player, number two player, so on and so forth. But Howard, I don't think Howard, you know, based on him, hopefully that'll make a change, but this is Howard's first, you know, big name player. So he'll definitely, you know, bring people out in the area. He'll make people donate more. He'll, he's going to do a lot, you know, for Howard and for the HBCU community.
1: I love that. Um, what about basketball-wise? You, so you said you think they'll win a few more games. You think they, are, they immediately win the conference?
0: Um, immediately. Um, <laughs> I don't think – I think he's really tall. I, like I said, I'm not really um, updated on these kids. <laughs> but um, I think he's really, really tall, and, um, and he's active. Um, I've seen his brother play. So if he's anything like his brother and trains anything like his brother, he's going to make an impact um, immediately, immediately. Hopefully he stays, you know, like I said, um, you know, from going to an HBCU in a bigger school, there are things that are totally different as far as um, buildings, as far as, you know, the gym, the weight room, things like that, um, that maybe he's not used to and will have to get used to. But I don't know how Howard's campus looks. I'm speaking on, like, you know, my experience with Grambling. But if he, like, you know, falls in line and, you know, um, (laughs) swallows it and, you know, gets it through, um, he'll definitely make an impact immediately. There's no doubt about that.
1: Look, okay, you mentioned this earlier, Mikey Williams, right? So one of the the nation's best 15-year-old basketball players, Mikey Williams, said recently that he might attend an HBCU. And you think that'll become a trend. Right, you think that will become yes. maybe a trend later on for five more five-star athletes to choose HBCUs? If that happens, then how in the world, how does that change the landscape of college sports for HBCUs? Um,
0: it changes for me. It changes everything. Um, more athletes like that means more TV time, which means more contracts, which means more money. Um, the only thing I personally feel like these other colleges have over hbcus our facilities um as far as culture we got your culture we got your, you know we got your people we got everything that you need besides the big top-notch facilities um lsu's football facility i heard is crazy i've seen clemson's football facility on on twitter and i think it has a slide in it i, I ain't seen a slide the only slide i seen in Grambling. Is the hill on the football field, and you can run down it. That's all. <laughs> we ain't got no slides like that. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, these athletes choosing these schools, you know, and bringing in more money, bringing in more fans, you know, season tickets, Um, it's definitely going to change the landscape of the school for one. And then there's nothing these, you know, PWIs are going to have over you. You know, they're going to end up bringing up old championships that eventually, you know, we're going to be competing for because we're going to have the same athletes you have. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like when you play for your people, you play so much harder. You play so much harder when you know, you know, there's something to prove and you have something on your back. So um, I'm definitely all for the, you know, the next generation choosing and changing. I feel like that'll change the world, definitely change the world. These white schools use these black kids as as guinea pigs, I feel like. You know, they, they put you out on the field. They appreciate you when you're scoring touchdowns and dunking. But as soon as you open your mouth, you are, you don't deserve this. You, you're, you're lucky you got that. You know, if you don't show up to practice, they should take your scholarships. I've seen so many kids in college stand up for injustice and, you know, their fans turn on them immediately. HBCU is not like that at all. Mm. You speak up for what you want, you speak up for your people, you have a voice, you can do whatever you want to do within your means, you know, <laughs> but you can do whatever you want to do. And so, yeah, I'm definitely all for them coming to our historically black colleges and universities.
1: Awesome. Look, okay. So Lavell Moton, coach of NC central said that it's not the great coaches at majority schools that turn these five-star athletes into pros and in that they can um, receive great coaching at an HBCU and still become an MBA pro. Um do you believe that going to an HBCU could hinder or enhance the probability of top athletes getting drafted early?
0: Uh, um to be honest, at the stage that we are at now, um I totally think it can hinder you. Um I'm going to speak from my own personal experience. Um you know, my critique and the feedback that I was given was like, you know, um, we didn't play a tough schedule. You know, we didn't play harder teams. It is a HBCU, so you played like, you know, out not Alabama State. I didn't mean to specifically call them out. But the SWAC conference is not as tough as, you know, um, the ACC or the Big Ten or whatever, you know. And when they're going out, you know, the teams that you're playing against, if they're going out. And as far as men, okay, so if Howard's Conference is FAMU, um, shoot, North Carolina A&T, I don't even think they're there anymore. Um, NCCU, all the teams that they play, I'm not really for sure um, who's in the MEAC, but If all the teams that they're playing goes out and plays teams in the Big Ten and the ACC and the SEC, and they're losing by 40, you get what I'm saying, and then you come and you beat them and you guys are winning by three and four and things like that, it's going to make it seem like, you know, you're not as tough as other schools or you're not contributing as much as other schools. And so um, I think, you know, all the schools need to pick it up, not just, you know, one school, you know, getting all these stars and, showing out and whatever, whatever. I definitely think it can hinder you as far as people will say the level of competition you're playing against is, you know, not as tough. Actually, I think the player of the year, oh, I don't know what school he went to. He was a um, he was a post. I want to say he went to a white and red school, red and white school. And people were talking about him, that he shouldn't be, you know, a national player of the year. Him and Sabrina Escano got national player of the year. But they were saying because he didn't play against anybody. You know, he wasn't playing anybody, so why should he get, you know, National Player of the Year? Mind you, he still got it. But, <laughs> you know, people definitely take that into account, who you're playing against and what you're doing.
1: Do you do you think at, at some point we're seeing um, these HBCUs making big statements in the tournament?
0: Um, Yes, yes, yes. Um, When, I mean, I know, like I said, Texas Southern, as far as, I don't think they won a tournament while I was there. I'm not really for sure. But in the preseason, they were beating, you know, big schools. And that was all through my college career. And so, for sure, I believe, you know, especially with the way of the world's going now, you know, if kids continuously come, even without, you know, top-notch kids coming, they're still top-notch athletes that are overlooked. So um, I definitely think, you know, HBCUs are eventually, you know, going to get past the first round. I don't know when's the last time an HBCU got past the first round. My... Um, I think sophomore year, my sophomore year, we won, um, we won, we beat Ole Miss in the WNIT. And that was the first time, uh, I don't know if it was HBCU or SWAG school, but, um, that one of them had gotten past the first round of any tournament, like any, you know, play preseason no that's not preseason what is that um postseason tournament Mm -hmm. yeah and so um I thought that was a really crazy statistic knowing how long HBCUs have been around but I think um Texas Southern last year might have either they won in the championship or they lost in the championship of a postseason tournament it wasn't the NIT and it wasn't the NCAA but it was another one and they won and so yeah I think that's sooner or later is gonna be you know um HBC is getting past the first round. And then once I, what I feel like it's a matter of confidence. Once you get past the first round, the rest of it is confidence. People have bad games every day. Duke lost to Stephen F. Austin. It is definitely possible for, you know, schools or smaller schools to step up and, you know, get on that day.
1: I love it. Look, we've seen guys like uh, La- LaMelo Ball go overseas, play, and he played there instead of going to colleges, or, or which some would call the more traditional route. Um, could you see in the future where players choose HBCUs even over going overseas to play?
0: Um, honestly, I think um, this new generation of kids will definitely probably choose HBCUs over, overseas. I said that personally because people don't have the means to go overseas. Although you're, you know, you're getting paid as a child. Um, unless you are a top notch athlete like LaMelo, um, there's another kid that went overseas the last year they played against each other. I'm not for sure what his name is, but unless they're giving you big contracts like that, parents aren't sending their kids, you know, uh, millions of miles or thousands of miles away, you know, to play basketball. They would prefer you to be, you know, maybe across the country a little bit. But I know where you are. I know what you're doing compared to you being in Australia, which is six hours ahead of time, and I can barely talk to you. So um, I think it's more so about the parents' incent- incentive. Um, <laughs> we know the schools are paying off these kids. We know, but it depends on how much more overseas teams would be paying compared to a college team but i mean hbcus we don't pay so well that i know of um <laughs> that i know of so um i def but i still think you know kids will be choosing hbcus because i don't know overseas is not for the lighthearted nor is it for you know people that aren't getting paid a lot most people especially a child if you're not paying a lot there would be no you know incentive of them going rather than doing one and done
1: so the other question i have is we 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 have um this happening with men's basketball we've seen some you know some improvement with this in men's basketball Or we've seen at least you know some trend right so they're at least visiting or taking those visits we've seen at least two two people already one commitment so far this could be the new trend this is men's basketball though on the other side in women's basketball do you see a possibility of a trend happening there as well
0: um, I actually thought it was. There was a girl from University of Liberty or Liberty University or something like that that transferred because of racial insensitivity. Mm. Um Actually, their football players, like three of their football players transferred too. But she made a whole video, you know, went viral, put it on her Instagram and her Twitter. And she made it seem like, you know, she was going to go to an HBCU. I was very, very, very disappointed. She ended up choosing... UCF, um, I think, um, but it was crazy because I felt like, you know, that's what drew everybody in. You get what I'm saying? You're Mm -hmm. speaking on, you know, um, you have to do what's best for you and your people. You can't sit behind and, you know, and then she ends up going to UCF, which, um, I, we played UCF. UCF typically has overseas players, like, you know, from other countries, most of their players are not, you know, Americans, So Mm -hmm. it was crazy to me. Like, um, you did like not, Mind you, I'm all for you standing up for yourself. If you feel like something is wrong, you should definitely leave. Like, kudos to her for standing up for herself. But I felt like what drew everybody in was the fact that they thought, you know, the way she was speaking was like, you know, we're finna go. I'm finna go to an HBCU, which she did not. (laughs) So yeah, I definitely thought it was going to become one. But um, I think it will. It it has to take one person. Two, or it has to be shown. Um, And that's why I tell my friends and my people all the time why I go so hard. It has to be proved that you can go to an HBCU and still attain the goals that you want to attain and still make it to what you feel is the highest level. And so, um, if nobody shows that then nobody will believe it. You know what I'm saying? And nobody really, they want to be the first, but they don't want to put in the work to be the first. So, um, it definitely has to be shown from, you know, people that are graduating people that came before me myself that, you know, you can go to an HBCU and still get, you know, so the WNBA, you can get overseas, you can do all of this other stuff.
1: So that's, I, I was, I was thinking about that. We've talked about this in the past where you're like, Hey, um, they don't even get looks like some people who right. go to HBCUs don't even get looks. So th- the question is, if you have one of these top five athletes a top you know nationally ranked top five at- women athletes, and they choose to go to an HBCU, do does, does eyes follow them? Or do they not follow them there?
0: Okay. I have no idea. That's my thing with Thon, uh, Thon's little brother. <laughs> um, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, you know, I know the HBCU community is going to pay attention to him for sure. But I don't know if, you know, these these ESPN sports commentators are going to pay attention or if they're going to post him if they're as if they was, I mean, they would if he was at Kentucky. You get know what I'm saying? I don't know if he's gonna be in this these big conversations as if he went to Memphis or something like that. So that is something um I definitely cannot wait to see because that is something I really don't know about. Do they follow you when you decide to not go to as big of a school? Or do they just say, you know, like, you know, you chose what you chose, so <laughs> you know, like whatever.
1: I personally think they follow I think they'll follow Maker, right? Yeah, like, I, I, think I think they'll think follow that's him. True. Um, and, and like you said, the the scouts will follow there. The TV contracts could follow there. Um, you know, they'll definitely follow. I mean, they follow LeBron when he was in high school, so yeah. they'll follow yeah. guys if they yeah. believe. Because right now, I think um, I think currently, right now, Makers is, is still signed up for the draft. I think that's kind of where mm-hmm. he is. I think he's expected to withdraw his name from the draft or draft consideration and then go to Howard instead. So that's kind of where mm-hmm. I think he is right now. The question is, um, I know they'll follow the men, but will they follow the women? Right. Because of what we talked um, about before, right? Uh, HBCUs don't get looks.
0: No, I definitely women for sure. I don't think so. But yeah. I don't think so personally because they barely follow the women that aren't, you know. They put um, Sabrina Escano. Mind you, she is an amazing basketball player. She was the, you know, the best player in the country. But she was the face for women's basketball, and that was it. That's all you saw, you know. Mm. You would see um, South Carolina being the number one team in the country. And, mind you, these this is a team full of all black girls. Um, but you wouldn't see their team being shown up on, you know, ESPN played, like, the top four games of um, the season. And they didn't put, you know, South Carolina. So um, I don't feel like that for women. I feel like, you know, they have who they have in their head and they put this one, you know, character, whoever that is, um, most of the time being white if it has to be a black girl then it will be a black girl but you know they have this um idea of what they want to show for women's basketball and hbcus is not a part of that for sure
1: there's um, speaking on espn <laughs> so there's and, and and i want to um they they kind of have that right they have a there's always this one girl you're always looking at i, I, remember, right. I was. think it was um who's the girl was it diane or something um Diana Taurasi yeah she was the face for a while right 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 right. right. she was the face of basketball for a while and then it Mm -hmm. kind of switched over a little bit and so sometimes there's a I I think sometimes there's a black girl in that spot right um not Diana but like there's um
0: and like you know Maya Moore and Candace Parker right
1: and then you know they were in that spot for me for like two years. yeah so those those three were in that spot for a minute yeah um so what'd you feel about that draft though
0: Um, I felt it was terrible. Uh, I felt it was not a good draft. I felt like the way they drafted was terrible. I felt like the people that they draft, like, you know, you're drafting people nobody's ever, you know, heard of. And then, you know, to come around and it be, um, you choose 36 players, right? Then I felt like at a point in time they were just choosing people. You choose 36 players and then you waive choices 22 through 36 without even them even getting a chance to be in a training camp without – mind you, Corona did mess that up. Mm. But you waive the players before they even get a chance to show. You know, and that's why I feel like WNBA definitely needs an expansion. There's so many players that deserve to be there. They need a um, – somebody tweeted the other day, I think, WNBA, that they need um, – But there needs to be something else for WNBA players or people that are aspiring to be in the WNBA to play without going, not without, but besides going over the water. You get what I'm saying? Yep. You got to go 50,000 miles just for them to see you and you live, let's say you live in Atlanta. I live in Atlanta. Why I'm I'm trying to play for the dream. Why I got to go to Turkey for you to see me and I'm right here. Like, yeah, I definitely think there needs to be another league. I know they have a, uh, the WBCA has like a little small league, but like I said, it's so small. Like um, they barely, pay. I'm thinking. I'm not really for sure because I, I, don't, I don't play. But, yeah, um, they definitely need something else because the way the draft went was terrible and then how they handled everything afterwards was very terrible. The kids didn't even have a shot to, you know, show what they could do because, you know, Corona came and there was no way to handle it as far as like, you know, the NBA put stuff together immediately, but WNBA really didn't have that chance.
1: So we're going to do something. Thank you so much. We really appreciate what you've, you know, kind of of what you shared with us so far it has been amazing. We're going to, we're going to hop into our quick hitter segment. I'm going to give you a phrase. And then when I give you the phrase, you give me the first thing that comes to your mind, like the first thoughts that come to your mind. Okay. all right, here we go, you ready? yeah, all right, now we could do this two ways you could you could pick a number or I could just run a just run let's <laughs> right, go let's go all right, so the Redskins are now changing their name, so Redskin's name change. What's your thoughts on that
0: um, I think that, okay, um. I am a part of an oppressed people, so I can't tell other people what they can and cannot be oppressed about. Like, I don't like when people, black, I mean, white people, any people tell black people what they can feel about certain subjects. So I can't tell Native Americans what they can and cannot be, you know, offended about. So if they're offended about it. I mean, uh, by it, I by all means, change the name.
1: Awesome. OK, here we go. Uh, NBA bubble.
0: Um, I think the food that they're serving is disgusting. (laughs) Disgusting. All
1: right, here we go. NFL season.
0: Um, I pray it happens, you know, so, um, so (laughs) people can get money, but, um, I don't think it's going to happen.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, Jordan documentary, The Last Dance.
0: Um, I actually missed like the last two episodes, but I think this just proves further proves that LeBron is the best person to ever touch a basketball. That's the end. Period.
1: Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. All right, here we go. Um, Kobe.
0: Kobe oh I'm so sad about Kobe's death um I was one of those people that was a LeBron's fan and so it was like you know they put him against the two so I didn't like Kobe and then when Kobe retired I started liking him more but I didn't fully appreciate him then he died and now I just mm. my heart aches because I didn't appreciate him while he was here give people their flowers for real.
1: that's real um question um just sidebar question is all right is this LeBron loyalty because the because him following your, your quadruple double
0: no, no, look, I, this is crazy. That's, I ended up asking him. Like, I had um, I was on the Jameel Hill show, okay. her and her husband's show. And yeah. she asked me, like, you know, what is, like, what do you want? I think she asked me, what do I want or something. And I was like, or something, I don't know. But I just told her I'm waiting on a LeBron shout out. And it was on ESPN. And so then she was like, LeBron, you heard that. And so after that, it kind of took off because at that point I was like Twitter famous. So everybody was tweeting LeBron, like LeBron, 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 LeBron. And then he said that. So yeah, I've been in love with him for forever, like (laughs) forever. (laughs) But that just kind of topped it off. Like I said, can't nobody tell me nothing after
1: that. Oh, that's awesome! Okay, yeah. okay. Look, that was that was amazing. We've talked about that, like you know, be honest. Like we've talked about that, um, that moment for you. That that was an incredible moment for you.
0: Um, what? Woods, Woods, I was crying like a child. No,
1: nope, nobody gets that moment. Nobody gets that moment where LeBron's <laughs> like, "Oh, well, I was following her game, man," and you know, did yeah. you see her? You remember when he said that? that yeah.
0: He and then it was crazy because he was like, um. He ended up saying like my stats at like halftime, yeah. he, like you see she had this many points, this many. Like bro, you really knew that? That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. I think that's what really like you know for me topped it off because you you knew you knew my stats. Like I was like we was friends or something. So yeah, <laughs> that was that was it. But yeah, that was that was definitely um, one of my highlights. Uh, well, actually, the highlight
1: was- of my life. <laughs> Here we go. We got, we got three more. Um, skinny Mellow.
0: Skinny Mellow. Um, they, um, they were talking about him yesterday, talking about uh, he had to do crack to get that skinny. I truly don't, <laughs> I truly don't believe that. I am proud of Skinny Mellow. That means he's back in his bag. He's focused. He's ready. And I'm all for that because he's a Hall of Fame player. And people be disrespecting him like he a bum. All
1: right. Maya Moore. Maya Moore.
0: Oh, Maya Moore is the standard of all athletes. If all athletes could just put aside, you know, their egos, their, their greed, and just stand up for what's right, the world the would run so smoothly. Um, I'm definitely all for, you know, Colin Kaepernick. You know, he took the knee. and, I mean, he's done work, he's given money, but Maya Moore? She, she the standard. Can't nobody, nobody, no Maya Moore slander will be tolerated. And then I heard that, um, WBA didn't even pay her salary the year she missed and same with Nike didn't pay her salary. Like, you know, so she's just really out here for free. Like she just really out here missing money to do this in real life. Like, yeah, no, she's the standard for sure.
1: Mm. Mm. Final one. Um, black lives matter.
0: Black Lives Matter. <laughs> black Lives Matter for sure. Um, um, Terry Crews. I know everybody does not like Terry Crews. Um, <laughs> I personally don't like Terry Crews. But he said something that was very important. And I feel like, you know, us as black people, we should definitely recognize that. Um, a lot of times we come off as, I don't know what the word is. Um, we just have to remember we're working for a cause. And we also cannot be the people he said black lives matter does not mean black lives are better. Mm. That makes sense. A lot of times the things we get offended for are the same things that we put on other people. And I don't think that's fair. You know, we can get on Twitter and cancel people. Like, you know, a dude can tweet something. It doesn't matter if he's black or white, whatever he can tweet. Um, I love all white girls and all the whole Twitter will flood his mentions. Like what's wrong with black girls? Blah, 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 blah. And then a dude, black or white, whatever, can tweet, I love black girls. Look at this king here. Da-da-da-da. And let's say a <laughs> white girl gets in the mentions. Like, what about black? I mean, what about white girls? And what about his Hispanic? And then they're going off. He's just talking about black. Like, you know, I'm all for, you know, black power, black unity, black, you know, excellence. I'm all for that. But we have to make sure we're not doing the same things to people that we claim they're doing to us. For sure. For sure.
1: For sure, for sure. Yo, thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate you. Yo, you got a closing line going right now. Like you're selling hey, products. Talk to us about that. Yeah, Where can people find that?
0: It is at Chicagohillofficial.com. That's S-H-A-K-Y-L-A, hill, H-I-L-L, official.com.
1: Awesome, awesome. All right. Hey, thank you all so much for joining us. We truly appreciate you. Thank you so much, Chicago, for, for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. All right. This is Rickson Sid with MTNV Sports. We out.
0: I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in.
1: You have a show, The I Couple with Rob Parker. It's a dynamic show, man. Please tell the people about it and where they can find it. Yeah, uh, it's The Odd Couple radio show. And it is myself and Rob Parker. It's on Fox Force Radio. It's a national show. Uh, it's on the iHeartRadio app. And it's on Sirius XM Channel 83 from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday Eastern Time. 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday, on over 350 channel or media markets nationwide. Uh, and also you can download the iCouple podcast, which are the uh, greater greatest takes from the show. That is uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or FoxSportsRadio.com. So you can download, subscribe to the podcast. And check that out So uh, yeah man Definitely uh, It's been going well It's been popping So uh, Your listeners Definitely want to Check out the
0: cup.